0: How many, how many, um, how many teams have a grease ball and a fish grease? That's a lot of um, grease, bro. Yeah. We're all going to get high cholesterol out of this whole thing. And yeah, that's a lot. Oh man. So how many times are we going to mess up uh, the roadie kids or Rhodes kids name? How many times? It's roadie. It's roadie. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying no, no. But do you feel me? Like we're all going <laughs> to yeah, mess yeah. it up. Like that's just what's going to happen. It's not. It's not as. It's not as easy as fish grease. Welcome
1: everyone
0: to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, April the 18th, as we record. Uh, Lots to discuss tonight on the football side, on the basketball side. We're going to touch on a lot of different topics, a lot of different things moving through um, the radar as we speak. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville. Board moderator du jour, David Spence, apparently having a 9 out of 10 uh, allergy day is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, 9
1: out of 10 for real. I'm hoping to uh, go this podcast without being excited to see a player who transfers seven days later. That's my goal. Who Dave's on the board, <laughs> who Dave's on Twitter.
0: Fair enough. Uh, in Charlottesville, Editor-in-Chief Justin Ferber is also on this year's program. How's it going, my dude? I would love a 9 out of 10 allergy day, to be
2: honest with you. Um, because they've all been, you know, it's like the Trey Murphy dunk contest, just tens across the board. Wow. Um, over here. Yeah. I get it. I get them pretty bad. I don't know how it compares to other people, but, but pretty bad. Um, but we're one week closer to it being over. I just underscore Ferber on Twitter.
0: (laughs) This is like, this is, this is, this is giving lots of people lots of reasons to continue to listen to the show. Cavs Mm -hmm. Corner also on the Twitter machine. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in game updates, content items, and the occasional you answer? Alright So let's start on the uh, football side Spring game Lots of interesting stuff I, I think For me at least And I'm curious to To, to chop it up with you guys too Because I, I feel like it, I, I saw enough from the offense to think Oh, okay And I saw I, I guess I didn't have really any expectation That I was going to get enough from the um, Offensive line, defensive line battles To really come away with anything resembling Um like a, like a firm take or anything like that. I just think that um, it was just really hard to decipher um, too much, just given the uh, disparity of sort of like not just talent, but then also to like who's in and who's out and all that fun stuff. Um, defensively, I, I thought there were a couple of um, of standouts, um, but all in all, I think it was a pretty solid spring game. Uh, give me the overarching view, Dave, on how you would uh, sort of characterize what you saw
1: Saturday once you had a chance to watch it. I'll preface what I'm about to say with, I don't think it changes a whole lot. You know, as how I feel about their prospects for next season yet. Um, but as far as what I mentioned last week, I wanted to see like the spring game kind of hit everything. Um, I didn't really piss, um, point out special teams for the record, but you know, offense did exactly what I wanted wanted to see. You know, I saw some, you know, I saw a, a team that looked a little more sure of what they were doing and a little more bought into the offense, if you will. Like I know that I think you can see that on the field. The guys looked more excited, better body language, that kind of thing. Um and the offense looked more like what I expected last year's to look like, despite all the new pieces. Um defensively, like you said, I can't, you know, I think you know, with all those guys out and the roster split, you can't judge a whole lot off of that, but clearly, um you know, UVA would be better with all those guys on the field. And but yeah, overall, I think outside of special teams, I think you it's a very positive spring game, even much better than last year's.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a, a situation, I think. Um, you know, where to your point about energy, like I think I mentioned this on on Twitter, but I mean, that might have been the best thing to see because listen, there were times last year where these guys were not having fun, and those times were plentiful, right? And for, it looked like to me Saturday that dudes were not just having, like, not just were, like, more engaged. but They were having a really good time. Like, guys looked like they were having a blast. Now, granted, it's not a real game, right? And you can probably have a lot more fun when you're not worried about losing. Um, that's not to say that there weren't guys on both sides who were taking it seriously. That's not my point. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you were not going to take an L, um on your on your record you know you knew this was for funsies right that's that's just a part of this thing that you kind of can't turn off that still being said there were parts of last year's spring game where you didn't necessarily get the sense of anybody was having a lot of fun either so i think from an energy standpoint to dave's point like i just thought it looked like guys were having a lot of fun and given everything that happened at the end of the season off the field with um with the 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 killings and everything like man it it was just not just good to see like Mike Hollins back and seeing him you know score a touchdown and the emotion and everything that was on the day but also just good to see the kids having fun Ferber, what was kind of your bigger picture sort of takeaway from um, from Saturday
2: yeah I mean I think you know first like the it was you know interesting or I don't know how you would describe it but kind of a reminder of like what had happened when you go. Cause you're like, all right, going to cover the spring game, like interesting to see how the offense looks. And then you get there and you know, like guys are walking down to that end zone that they painted right. with the names and numbers and praying. And then like, just kind of reflecting quietly. Um, And then during the game, you know, like obviously Mike, what, what Mike was able to do scoring and then all that stuff, like, Um, and then all the video tributes they did and the moment of silence and like all that stuff sort of like put back in perspective, like, Oh, this is the first time we've actually all been together here, like for this sort of thing since, um, with all that said, you know, I I thought it was a pretty productive game. I mean, obviously like, you know, we talked last week, you're never going to get a really great sense of like, what's going to happen in the fall in the spring game, just because you know, guys are out and you know, guys that are going to be starting, aren't playing and the team is split in half right so it's like that also uh, you mentioned the special teams issues i think you know that was one of the things that tony mentioned afterwards was like having guys on different units doesn't really help with that either um but yeah i mean ultimately i think i kind of land where dave does we're like i'm not sitting here today thinking like man this team's gonna be way better than i thought or like oh man this team's gonna be worse um the one thing i would say that was is promising and we talked about it last week was like we didn't need to see the offense um you know go out and like the world on fire but we wanted to have it not look like last year's offense you know where it just got stuck in the mud so much right um and you know like I, no pun intended because it didn't rain pretty heavy for like a couple minutes um <laughs> but and then that's when the offense did kind of get bogged down a little bit again no pun intended right. um but yeah i mean other than that i thought they they moved the ball i thought really like you know we can talk about calandria or whatever at some point but you know, what he did and what Tony Muska did really, for the most part, was like take what was there, and that was good to see. And then they also were able to make like a few impressive throws and yeah. then guys were making catches. And then the running game, I think, too, was pretty solid overall.
0: Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, I think that, you know, I don't want to like talk about the quarterback competition as if Calandria is not a factor. Um, I, I think that anytime you've got talented players on your roster – or guys who, who have a little bit of that um it factor. I think it's it's gonna be good for you, regardless of where they are in the pecking order. They're gonna put pressure on other guys to perform, right? And I think that was what Calandre did this week, or excuse me, this weekend. Right. Like he 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 brought his he brought what he could do to the table, his skill set, his his moxie, all that fun stuff. And I mean, I think it it certainly helped the not just the vibe of the game, but I think it, it did a nice job of kind of keeping now, I don't want to say keeping Tony Musket honest or anything like that because they're obviously they're not necessarily going head to head, but it kind of kept it kept a little bit of a pressure some pressure on right. Um, Musket couldn't just try it out there and you know and feel like there was nobody around who could sort of do what he does, and I think that if we're all if we're going to all be honest about sort of just the humanity of of sports and especially that position, like quarterbacks are as mindful of other quarterbacks as any position. In sports Maybe I mean right up I mean I think it's It's probably a far Above and beyond Like you know Any other position You could think of um, Wide receivers Are a little bit more Are a little louder About sort of You know being You know The top dog And all this fun stuff But like being QB1 Is a big deal And how How you are sort of Viewed is a big deal And to Ferber's point earlier Like spring Doesn't necessarily Always show us One to one What something's going to be like It can It can give you some some initial like tremors of a potential like disaster awaiting, right which is kind of what last spring did was, right offensively. Um, it also because you can sometimes give you a really nice glimpse of like pecking order and sort of where coaches see guys fitting in and how um, how they see them relative to other players on the on the roster. I think coming out of Saturday, it's very clear to me that Tony musket has the inside track on being the starting quarterback. Um, we all know that Jay Woolfolk is going to have something to say about that. to what degree, Um, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, but I thought Calandria did a nice job of of um of kind of keeping that pressure on. And I thought Musket was was really solid. Um, you know, granted, you know, he it's not like I'm saying he's perfect or anything like that, but man, he he had a really solid feel of things. Um, you know, he had a live arm. I thought he, you know, he moved well. I thought his mechanics were solid. He didn't he didn't do anything that gave me any sort of heartburn. And I'm gonna be honest. Um, it's been what since? Well, I mean, I guess I can't even say during in 2021 that I didn't feel that I didn't have moments where I had heartburn with Brennan because, like, I mean, even as much as he was productive, he also, you know, he 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 would have that. What Ferber and I used to call it, like the, um, the like Bell South, like. Uh, what what was that interception of the week That's not the phrasing we use But we, you know this is a family friendly program um, So I'm not saying he was um, I'm not saying he was like terrible Obviously he had a great season But there were definitely some mechanical moments You're like, ugh, that was really rough um, I, I just think it was really nice to be able to see a guy Come out there and really play Start to finish Just absolutely consistent football And I'm not saying that Virginia Is going to, that's all they need Because if, if so, they're going to be like great but man that's a nice step first step you know like getting that consistency in place um there's a lot to be said for that dave overall what did you think of the quarterback specifically and yeah. how, how did you sort of um how did you sort of leave the weekend in terms of looking back on spring and what it means
1: for the fall i mean i think we've heard some things out of camp that you know out of spring ball that you know must get in ac were. uh We're doing good things, but seeing it in a a more of a game atmosphere certainly gives you a little confidence, right? Like I didn't want to – I mean, I guess the worst case would have been coming out of this game – well, there's worst case, but a bad case coming out of this game would have been like, oh, I hope Jay can pick up this playbook and get get this team good because we need him, right? I feel pretty comfortable. If Jay comes in and wins the job, he beat out two good quarterbacks. Um, So, I mean, I do feel a little better about where we are. Yeah. And that that's what Brad room.
2: and Brad was saying that last week too. It's kind of like if Wolfhug wins, it's almost like a really
1: good thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Musket, I mean, we'd seen, obviously there's a lot more, you know, college level film <laughs> on Musket since he played college football um, versus uh, Calandria. But, you know, both of them have kind of that swagger. Um, it seems like their teammates like them. You know, they, they were talking on the sidelines a lot to their teammates and, they both, you know, more importantly, threw some good balls, and overall didn't make any bad decisions. You know, even that that pick six that Anthony threw at the end of the end of the game was more of a that end of the yeah end of the game. That was more of a Tom thing, like you know yeah. the clock was ticking and they needed yeah, to score.
0: Yeah, he's trying to make a play.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked it, and you know, if you want to think about it from a team perspective, you know, you know, given. Given the schedule Virginia has, and you know the fact that none of the three quarterbacks you know, we're, we're talking about today have have started an entire FBS season, um, like having depth is a good thing. You know, even if you know, I would if we had to turn to you know Anthony for a couple of games, I'd feel pretty confident that you know he, he's going to be ready for it. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see where they are in the fall.
0: Yeah, Ferber, I feel like I, I mean maybe maybe you were you thought differently. I didn't. I don't think I really realized how live Calandria's arm was um I think I thought it was oh solid. I figured
2: I, I I texted you guys before the game I was like yeah, dude yeah. like he might
0: actually have something here because <laughs> like because that's what that's what got me like a little bit like oh because you texted that and I was like oh for word and then when I saw I was like oh oh okay it's like that now again I'm not saying that the musket doesn't muskets arm talent is fine like there's nah, no problem I mean, on the front but and,
2: and there's no doubt like watching both of them play and in warm-ups and stuff he's musket's Pretty far ahead of where Calandria is Like, yeah, I mean But he's just seen
0: so much more football And he's so much older, right? I mean, that matters Yeah, it does, but where I was going with that is like I know, you know, watching You know, on TV is not quite the same As being able to be um, in the press box Where you were, um, I believe, for the first time Since, what, 2019? Long time, yep Yeah, been a while Um, But, so, no, so um, I mean, it just it looked it looked from the out from 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 afar let's say it looked like uh Calandria's arm talent better than i I thought um I thought you know his his mobility was certainly a, a plus at his size he's got to be able to move um but uh, beyond just what we saw um between the lines you, you got a chance to watch him warm up you got a chance to watch him on the sideline and stuff. Uh, It certainly sounds like Musket uh, is looks the part, essentially, of QB one. But that Calandria has that sort of has that look about him that makes you think, like in in a couple years, he's going to be ready to sort of ascend that ladder. Would is that is that safe to say what you kind of took away from it? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think um, everything I saw from Tony is kind of like the quintessential like QB one like look from a spring game standpoint, like okay. just watching him warm up, watching him take snaps, watching his like, you know, he just sort of seems like a professional, you know, right. it's like, he yeah. like, and that I think is what you want to get out of the transfer portal. Absolutely. Like if you're looking for yeah. a starter, it's like a guy that you can just plug in and be like, he like, he's going to be professional about things. He's going to yeah. learn the playbook. He's going to learn his teammates. He's going to get in and out of the stuff he needs to be doing, you know, and, and he's going to be, predictable in a good way right yeah right um and i think that's that's how i feel like he conducted himself in the game and like even in the press conference afterwards like um you know he he just kind of handles himself like he's the guy right yeah um and and i think that's really good i think you know he like i said he made a lot of throws early that were just kind of like all right just kind of like running the offense like doing what he's supposed to be doing the one he made to wilson wasn't a great throw um and you know he 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 just was very consistent. I thought the throw he made to Perry Jones at the end of the first half was actually really good, too. Um, But, you know, he made the plays he needed to make. He moved around pretty good. Um, And then Calandria, I think, you know, my sense from just what people were saying and, you know, where things are, I don't really think he's, like, a factor this year. Like, I mean, I don't think that they think that anyway right now. Um, I mean, you never know what could happen with injuries and stuff. But, like, I feel like they're like, all right, we're kind of stashing this guy away. Um, But... You know, with Jay not being able to play, he got to kind of showcase what he could do. And you can really see how, like, a guy enrolling early is a huge benefit. Cause I mean, the thing that impressed me the most about him, like, the arm talent, you can tell he has it. Um, but it was just his like maturity. Um, right. yeah. Like, he never, I never saw him like looking around, like not knowing where he's supposed to be. Never had any like procedural penalties. Like, I mean, think about how many times we've seen old quarterbacks have those issues. Um, and he just, like, kind of got in and out, was, like, running the stuff. When he needed to drop it off to a running back, he dropped it off to the running back. When he needed to get out of the pocket and do something, he got out of the pocket. Um, you know, the only time their offense really got bogged down was when the offensive line kind of broke down a couple times in a row. Um, but then, I mean, the throw he had on the what should have been a touchdown, I think Eli yeah. Wood dropped it. Yeah. I mean, that was a... That was a perfect
0: throw. A I mean, and that
2: throw. was like fifty-five yards in the it air. It was it was a um, it was a
0: heck of a throw.
2: And and that's like the stuff that not everybody can do. And then, you know, his ability to do that at this age and just kind of like look like he belongs out there. I mean, you see him in, in person and you're like, okay, he's as small as we thought he was gonna be. Um, <laughs> but you know, he plays like a guy that's like, I don't care. You know, right. it's like whatever yeah. I'm just gonna go out and do my thing, I'm gonna be me. Right. Um and make plays and yeah, I mean I don't know like what his future is gonna be, but it's hard not to be optimistic that he can eventually do something. Right. You know.
0: Yeah, I think for me the the maturity piece, uh, for both of them, um, that they both they both look like they I mean, you know, both of them have actually been at UVA for a you know limited amount of time. They both look like they've been there a while. They both look like they've been in the system a while. They both look like, you know, clearly Musket has sort of that that extra dose of he's uh, just seen a lot of football right of comfort maturity you know he handles it in in a way that you know that makes you that that it kind of engenders confidence right just because of the way he handles it to your point about like procedural stuff like I just thought they both looked extremely comfortable running the offense and you know when we when we get into the fall and we start talking about the the actual QB battle and all this like whether Calandria is the backup or not um, whether he's in this, you know, competition really or not, um, he will help them because it's never bad to have multiple talented, you know, quarterbacks. Right? Spoiler alert: It's good. Even it's good if to he's have just doing scout teams, exactly like, where I, mean, I was going. Right? Is that like he's going to give them a hell of a scout each week if that's what he's asked to do, and that's going to give him, you know, lots of opportunity to run, you know, to do a lot of different stuff. And while you know, I know. Look everybody wants to start Everybody wants to play But maybe this season If that's where it goes for him While he's getting himself You know right from the Strength and conditioning front The fact that he got These early months And he got spring ball um, I, I mean I think that is a, a, a quintessential sort of Example of like When you find a kid That maybe he's lightly recruited Whatever But he's got talent And then you can bring him in And put him in the right situation And I think that kind of goes To the next topic I want to kind of discuss Which is Sort of the Tony Elliott of it all. All right. And if we really want to like call the spade a spade, look, there are a lot of folks out there that remain very skeptical um, of sort of how this is going to work. And some of those folks have been, you know, on the skeptical bus since not too long after, um, you know, Bronco announced he was stepping down, well before Tony even, you know, got on the plane. Right. Um, Let alone, you know, got back off the plane. Um, I, I just feel like. There's a, I think there's a lot of folks who watched this weekend looking for that piece of it. And I don't know about you guys, but I came away, especially because of the way the team looked, I just came away thinking, okay, everybody looks more comfortable. You know, Tony has talked a lot this spring about sort of the things that he's learned from last year and things that he's done differently. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of that stuff, but it certainly looked like whatever changes, whatever, whatever they're doing, uh, it seems to be working primarily um, as much as you, you know as we can tell Right because you know they didn't play another Team there was no pressure to You know to quote unquote win the game Tony's not um, you know he He's basically just Overseeing everything he's not even like In the nuts and bolts of it all I Play calling and all that fun stuff right So I mean it's not I'm not trying to make it out like oh This was a you know a big deal I mean, It wasn't a real game I get it But, but I just think that like it kind of Goes back to the theme for us Right. Which is we, we were talking about this earlier that like what we thought we wanted to see, we saw. And that's kind of what I, at least I feel like I saw from Tony Elliott and especially the offensive staff. Dave, what were your some of your impressions or your sort of um, your sort of vibe when it comes to to Tony and, and sort of the offensive coaches?
1: I mean, honestly, I try not to read too much into that. I mean, it's a spring game. Yeah. yeah the loss doesn't count. You know, no, no, one, you're winning and losing. Um, yeah, I think the season will kind of tell. You know how things have changed but um, certainly something wasn't working on that offensive side some relationships or whatever it might be weren't where they needed to be Um, it it certainly looked more cohesive offensively across the board like you know this is not a slight in any coach that left but um, it's more of you know the the thought is is it just a better environment now that did people eat humble pie after last year and kind of reassess how they do it Or is this just a group of guys that have only been in this playbook and weren't thinking about the old playbook um, and how much more they liked it? So I think the seat, we, we won't know that answer until, you know, till September. Um, But it's certainly, you know, it was certainly positive from what we saw. Like, like I said, I mean, not to repeat it, but you know, we did not, I did not feel this way out of the, about the offense coming out of last year's spring game. Um,
0: Well, that's kind of where I was coming from, honestly, because like, you know, your your point is well taken about like, you know, we won't really know until the fall. But honestly, that wasn't really the point of what we're talking about here. What I'm really comparing it to is not necessarily like a real game or season. I'm really comparing it to last spring. And I'm mean, I out about y'all, but like last spring, like you could see there was some 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 dysfunction bubbling. Right. Um, yeah. Something did not look like it was working right. And I felt like for me, at least a lot of that, if not all of that, was sort of wiped off the radar um i didn't see the same um i didn't see the same um bad vibes you know i didn't i came out of last spring i remember ferber and i talking about it like you know like they, that was clunky and like it it didn't feel good and i just thought that there was a lot on display last year that was not necessarily there this year Ferber you were obviously you had a better vantage point on this because you're there and you can see more than just what the camera shows where where did how did you feel sort of about that piece of things coming out of it
2: yeah I mean for the most part the operation itself seemed fine um and yeah it, it I'll say like all spring guys have been kind of more positive and saying the right things but I also want to point out that that was the case last year too um,
0: that's true. They, know, did, like, they, they said the, they did. They said the, it yeah, it
2: didn't sure. look good, but right, they said I got the you. right thing. Yeah, they, they were like, the "Oh, right we're thing. headed in the right direction, and we like the staff, and everything's great." And then things fell apart during the season, and you know, things went the way they did. did things
0: fall apart during the season. I don't remember.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, I I think that's something to keep in mind. Is like you're only strong until you're tested, and then how you respond to that is how like who Fair. you really yeah. are. Um. So we'll see, like how. You know, I think Tony's taking kind of a different approach to coaching this team. He said so, um, you know, like letting things come to him a little bit more or whatever, but um, like we'll see if that continues, if they look bad, you know, like because I right. think people are competitive and, you know, it's easy to like have your composure when like it's spring, you know, and you're just <laughs> trying to like get through it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I mean, like it's either going to work out or, or it's not. And I think we'll know like in the fall, if like they've turned a page or not. Um, right. But I mean, I think like from what I, it's, it would be unfair for me to say, like I saw any like big red flags, like when I was out right. there, cause I didn't, there weren't any. Right. Um, I mean, there's some things they need to work on, but ultimately like, yeah, you're right. I mean, Tony and the other quarterbacks like looked like they knew what they were doing and, yeah. you know, and, and the receivers were where they needed to be and people were catching the ball and, you know, guys were were they, you know, in the right spots on defense for the most part. And, you know, everybody seemed to be upbeat about it and, you know, all that. So, um, you know, ultimately that's encouraging. And, and But I also think, you know, with a grain of salt, like we'll see what happens when, you know, the the real carnage starts, you know, right. so to speak in the season. Yeah, it's almost yeah, like I mean, the, it's it's counterpoint. like
0: a Hold on one real quick. Dave. Yeah. I just was thinking like it's like easily clearing a low bar doesn't yeah. necessarily it, it doesn't score you but so many points because the bar is low but at the same time the easily part because of some of the things we've seen is is in and of itself noteworthy right so it's like
2: especially it, given all the other stuff that went on that was not football related right, right. I that's mean, fair yeah,
1: yeah exactly so
0: what are we gonna say that's yeah, was,
1: was, was what i was gonna get to like you know the, the counterpoint would be if they'd have come out and i'd have seen like you know a is chewing rear ends and all this stuff and a discombobulated offense during what you know, was the first time back in front of fans for this team, I would have some huge red flags. Like this would have been a much different tone podcast. So we didn't see that, which is good, right? Like, so everyone seems happy. Um, Now we wait for fall and and see if any positive, you know, the positive momentum they have, if that continues. Um, Because that's a daunting schedule facing them in September. You know, we'll know if – by the end of September, we'll have played five games. You know, yeah. <laughs> not much time. I'm gonna
0: uh, I'm gonna make it a, a, a poly, I'm a poly, I was poli sci in college, so I am gonna apologize for this uh, for you but this this makes perfect sense in my in my political science nerd brain. Yard signs do not win elections, right? They just don't. But the lack of yard signs tell you something about a candidate, right? Either they don't have enough money to print them, or people don't like that candidate enough to put them in their yard, right? It's like table stakes, right? In the same vein, like what we're talking about here is that like, there was really no way for UVA to sort of score points, so to speak, right? If they come out and everything's great, okay, well, it's just spring. But the inverse of that were true, it would have been even more detrimental. So it's like, it's like not having the sort of negative of those reactions to what you see in and of itself is a positive. It's just not as big a positive as you know, thinking the offense is gonna be good or anything like that, because simply it is spring. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense in this in the yeah. from the context of you didn't see any of the red flags, which is a great start. And this was that's exactly what spring is supposed to be, especially for a, a program sort of in this position, given all of the different things that happened in calendar twenty twenty two for this team and this program and this university, right? Um from the time, you know, spring ball last year through the end of last season and and everything in between like it just it it just feels like this was the the nice first step, right Kids are having fun got you know clearly there's a um you know whether you want to call it buy-in or wh- however you want to frame that thing I, I, it doesn't feel like that is nearly as big an issue now as it was last spring. I mean it was you know you didn't have to you didn't have to make too many hop skips and jumps to connect the dots there, right? Um, that there was something Especially offensively There was something amiss a, a um, And that just Those vibes are just not there um, Defensively Like we were talking about earlier You know from a You know they got They had so many guys out So it's, it's hard to take But so much away From what we saw um, I think I, I don't know if I even have Enough like real Solid defensive takes To discuss but so much Other than I think The Simpkins kid Looks like he's a player and looks like he he's going to factor in at corner. Um, and I mean, you know, after what happened today, which we'll touch on later, who knows? I was, what, about, to, I knows. was about to be like, Cam <laughs> Kelly really jumped out at me. Like, <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But um, did you guys have anything on the defensive side that really stood out to you? They're just—they were just missing
2: so many dudes. It's yeah, like no, really it's really hard. To, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, like, but I most of those guys that didn't play, I don't have any concerns. So right, it's like I don't exactly. need to see Chico Bennett or Aaron movie in a spring yeah, game. I know right. who they are. Yeah. Um, I I thought like you know some of the younger guys that played like just flashed. I thought like you know Tavon Kyle made a couple of nice plays. Um, Trey McDonald had a few nice plays at linebacker. I think he's probably going to factor in, um, in some way. And I, I think you know like. They, they were they were just solid, you know, like there, there wasn't a lot of flash to it, but they got some pressure at times. And, you know, I thought some of the younger guys that played, played fine. Um, yeah. But it was sort of like I kind of said last week, just sort of vanilla yeah. um, by default because it's a spring game. But right. ultimately, like, didn't see anything that was like super concerning. Um, I thought like if you look at the individual guys that kind of got beat on some plays, like a lot of those guys were guys that might not play a whole lot. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, like, I, I trust the defensive staff and the players enough to to not be super worried about it.
0: Yeah. All right. In that case, let's spend the rest of our time on football before we, we get to the Cam Kelly of it all. Um, let's let's discuss the the Brian Greasy factor here. You mean Jack Greasy? Yeah. What did I say, Brian? <laughs> okay, right. We're going to we're going to we're going to cut that. Let's <laughs> let, let's talk about the Jack. Greasy That's like uh,
2: what was that movie where the quarterbacks like 40?
0: The replacements necessary the replacements. roughness. Oh, necessary roughness. Right, well, yeah, now now I got to keep it in, I, y'all, y'all. Y'all. I was gonna cut myself. I, I believe Brian Greasy's his uncle Scott, or something. Scott Bakula is that is that his name? Ferber on on target, my friend. Quantum
1: yeah. Stay focused,
2: focus, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
2: but uh, no, but, uh, yeah. His uh, his grandfather is Bob. Okay. So can we be done
0: now? Can we actually? Uncle, can yeah, we? Can we be done? Can we be done? Okay, <laughs> be done? okay great. <laughs> Meanwhile, no, back more, at the ranch, Kathy Ireland. Was the kicker Sinbad was in it Okay we all understand We were there We saw it Can we move on Yeah Yeah <laughs> He's he's doing this on purpose y'all Alright Jack Greasy My apologies uh, Is an absolute load And I, I already was like Over the moon um, Like At least excited Maybe I didn't have high expectations But I'm excited about Sort of the overall talent Of that group just in terms of the dudes that are there. And that was before I saw him just absolutely like um what was that dude at tech who drove us all crazy?
1: Uh I know you're talking about it. I can't remember his name.
0: Okay, well I could see him and he has like a chin strap beard. But anyway, um, you know, when was this? Recently. Yes. Okay. This dude was like, yeah. Somebody looked this up while I'm talking. Anyway, um, overall I just thought that like. Him sort of announcing his presence with authority like that Like him just sort of You know ir- erupting on the scene I just think that that is An interesting little um, Development for a group That already had a bunch of guys who are You know going to be really hungry To 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 get reps um, I mean I think this dude's going to get A lot of short yardage Carries um, I, I just think that he he brings something a little bit different Now Kobe Pace well, at least what I saw is huge, like, like a much bigger dude than I expected him to be, um, and so I'm 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 just really interested to see how things shake out at running back, um, as we sort of get, um, you know, kind of closer to, uh, to to fall. Um, you know, I, I mean, whether you know whether it's necessary, I don't. It's not necessarily like a too deep thing. I'm really curious to see how things sort of shake out in terms of who gets carries and where and when and how um because there's a lot of talent in that room dave overall what you know how how jacked are you about greasy (laughs)
1: uh i mean so i mean i I enjoyed his performance i thought it was fun he's obviously he he knows how to hit the hole he knows how to read read the zone um it it does kind of remind me how you see like you know random super bowl running backs in the day who would just have a big day um smith i mean (laughs) so many what is it like three or four that Got big contracts. Yeah. The player's name, by the way, is Sam Rogers. Yeah, that's it. That's the guy. Um, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't search it. My my Google search said unsafe. Anyway, um, the uh, I, honestly, the first thought I had was like, in the it, it was fun to watch. Um, he did kind of come in late and running against the defense. It wasn't very deep, so they were a little gassed. But my immediate thought was that running back room is pretty loaded. Has this dude ever played linebacker? That was literally what I thought. Cause he <laughs> like you know, cause I, I think we could use him there if he's played it, because he's got speed and he, you know, he's got instincts. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. That's it, that's becoming a deep room, which I guess in today's game um is not always a good thing, right? Um you might look around and say, Huh maybe i go somewhere else. So that that's the weird thing about this whole conversation, given the stuff we'll discuss briefly, is uh, even when you're talking about, uh, Anthony, um, about AC-10, I'm like, man, did he show too much? <laughs> Do we got to get that guy on the field soon? So it, it definitely is a different day in college sports. But that said, I enjoyed watching him on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. For we got anything to add before we, we hop over to Cam Kelly?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same as NFL preseason, where it's like, uh, You know there's like the guy That like plays in the fourth Quarter and he runs and, and in the Last preseason game and he runs for like 300 yards and everybody's like this dude's Got to be the starter and it's like no we Have you know like Todd Gurley he's not Starting
0: Um, And I Just, think like entire, that Entire thing all I'm doing is seeing it through the hard Knocks frame it's yeah. like you fall Like you fall in love with some dude's story And then like he goes out there and he has this ball Our game you're like great and then he gets cut and you're like Wait what yeah. yeah,
1: he's the first cut Monday morning.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I remember, like, Washington had this running back named Marcus Mason, who was, like, an undrafted free agent, and he ran for, like, 300 yards in the preseason. And people were like, this dude's got to be playing, and it's like he was playing with nobodies in the fourth quarter. That's not really what happened for Greasy, necessarily, but, um, I, I mean, I they just have too much depth. I can't imagine him really, like, being a factor. Um just based on like how many guys are in front of him, but you know, I think he can play on special teams and like, maybe they find a role for him. He's almost like you could use him as a fullback. He's like 225 pounds. Um, But I think ultimately too, you know, for every story I just told like the preseason, there's also guys where it's like that guy probably shouldn't be playing, but eventually you see enough flashes where it's like, maybe this is a thing. Right. Case in point, Paris Jones last year in the spring game. Right. Right. Yeah we were like, what just happened there? He just had like an 80 yard touchdown. And then he ended up with like three more big plays. And we were like, well, that's a spring game. Like, it's a nice story. Um, and then in the fall, he was like the starting running back. So, I mean, like that stuff does happen. I just think with this year's group, you, I mean, I just watched the running backs warm up and I was like, they have Paris Jones. They have Cody Brown. They have Xavier Brown, who I think is like the forgotten guy. And he actually had a really nice game. Yeah, he did. Um, Mike Collins is back, obviously. um, you got two more running backs coming in in the fall. Kobe uh, Pace. Gr- greasy, Faustin. Kobe Pace, Faustin. Yeah, and I feel like I'm still forgetting somebody. Yeah, and I a, mean it's loaded. Yeah, it's just a, a ton of depth, and I'm I'm really interested to see how that group shakes out. Um, because I don't know, like I mean, you can say feed the hot hand, but usually that's like two guys or three guys for that, not
1: six. Um, yeah, just you know, I know you know Justin. We talked about it a lot during the hiring process of Tony Elliott and that that Chad Morris system, but there's Mm -hmm. like two ways to run that offense, right? You run it with an H back or you run it with two running backs. Yeah. Looking at what I saw Saturday, like maybe this is a team with, especially with the size of greasy, like, especially if you, like now you've identified him as a guy you want to get on the field. Maybe you work him more as that big back, if you will. Um, and the same with Cody Brown; he's got the size and pace. Evidently, he's a lot and bigger Faustin's than he big. looked. And yeah. Foston's you know, may, Maybe that's what you do with them: is instead of um, instead of going two tight ends or even any tight ends, you just go two running backs and add that piece in your in your pass protection game. So I think there's ways to utilize that depth, which you know now they've got what five months to figure out, four months to figure out. And I think what we saw from that room on Saturday. If, if i'm des or, you know des who has a running back coach background tony who has a running back coach background with keith gaither like i think they're going to figure out a way to get those guys to ball especially given given um how many you know you've got someone new a quarterback this year regardless who wins that job um just makes sense if you can if you can make the running game better it makes the job a lot easier for them and it's just going to be hard to look over and see like 6 7 those guys who you know who can make plays sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, Plus Davis Lane's got some wheels. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, wheels. Um, yeah, did
2: you did you were you disappointed that it was uh they let him score? <laughs> So like I was like, more I,
1: impressed with his kickoff coverage, man. Yeah, yeah he made a too. tackle. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was. Well, it was also we were laughing about it in the press box. We were like, so he's got an orange jersey, but he can tackle other people. Like, what is this? Um, <laughs> you know, like
1: issues. that is? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just, well, it's just lack of depth. I think when you split a team in half too, like, and then you have twenty guys not playing, um, yeah, that can cause some issues. But yeah, I mean, I think, and the Grady Broster House had two carries for forty two yards,
1: um. So I mean, I he think, looks good. You know that kid. That kid had offers. Um, and then Jared Raymond. Don't sleep on him. He's kind of like the. I mean, I, th- I think Tony. It was Tony who referred to. Might have been Des. He, he might as, as well like be the a G. coach. Yeah. He's like a coach. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think but yeah, too Dave. Yeah, um, it's a good room. All
0: right, real quick. Um, let's touch That's, on the Cam Kelly thing. Um, we're gonna again. We're recording this on Tuesday, so you know if more comes out. But it seems very just the whole situation seems very weird. Uh, Kelly of course Who originally committed to uh, Virginia Tech Then went to Auburn and Carolina And now UVA At least since January um, was, Popped in the portal today um, Deleted all of the UVA stuff off his of social media um, From talking to various folks It certainly feels like this was a surprise To a lot of people around um, Charlottesville um, And I mean look we you know, There could be a lot more at play here than we know um, We're just going to comment on just sort of the the pieces we do know um, which is this is really weird and I don't know if we necessarily have a lot more to say other than it's just very odd Um, especially because you know it certainly felt like the coaching staff you know he was a key part of their plans for the season Um, you know um, in sort of the old school wrestling um, you know motif he, he felt like he was getting a push right um, it felt like you know the coaching staff was high on him um, certainly you know from a from a um, you know media availability sort of um, you know they were doing video features and stuff with him and you know he's quoted in various stories and stuff like he was he was kind of in line to be uh, a bigger part of this uh, this this whole package this whole you know season defense whatever and then boom, he's gone um you know three or four days after the spring game. Um, Dave, if you have anything to share, any, any sort of thoughts on, on it, feel free. I, again, I, I know I don't want us to necessarily go too deep on this because, like I said, we, we only know what we know. Um, but it it would be hard to have a podcast to talk about spring ball and not discuss the dude who just popped up in the portal a couple of days later unexpectedly like it.
1: I mean, there was no inkling of this. I mean, it seems... It seems everyone was caught by surprise, including teammates. Um, so I don't want to, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to say anything. The guy could change his mind. That, that's, he's not transferred. He's in the portal, right? So I'm not going to badmouth him. And Virginia got him out of the portal when he decided to leave a school he did play for. So I mean, I think that's just the nature of the game now, as much as I hate it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure something will come out eventually. Um, and this is not to, Maybe this isn't the place to talk about. I'm still very confused how you can trans. Yeah, he was a grad transfer, right? So he could transfer, but now you're transferring again. Like, yeah, I mean, it does get into a, a weird sort
0: of, of when does when does this clock start and yeah. when does you know? And that's I, get, a, I get you.
1: That's a good off season discussion. Like, we've got to figure out what these rules are because, I mean, how do you build your roster? Um, Yeah, I mean, you think when you get a transfer, you're like, oh well, you know, I didn't want to have to use it, but at least I've got, I know I've got him for a year because he's not going to be able to leave without sitting. So. um who knows? I mean, more will come out, and we'll make make time of it. I mean make sense of it. But luckily for UVA, I mean, it's the transfer portal is open on the fifteenth and is open for right. a little while, so they've got time to to correct it. Obviously, they need more help in the back end than just re, you know safety wasn't a big need before. Now maybe it's a need. You know, there's a lot of depth there. Right. Um. Obviously, cornerback is so. We'll, we'll see how they address it.
0: For we got anything to add? before we jump to hoops?
2: Uh, not really. I mean. We don't really know enough to comment on why. Um,
0: yeah, but- I mean, the why part of it, I, yeah, like I said, I think is is a little bit, you know, cloudy right now. But it is. I think it's a loss for him, and it's certainly just a weird sort of scenario yeah. to have a guy that you were really excited about, you know, kind of coming home and playing for the home state and stuff. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure, like, on the broadcast they talked about him. Um, mm-hmm. Coaches did. Yeah, and
2: Rudd talked about him after the game. Um very strange. So I mean clearly like they weren't talking about him like he wasn't gonna be there. Um, but you know, I think uh they were already kind of dipping into the portal looking at DBs. So I mean maybe that just means you look at a couple more guys. Um yeah. but I mean I think I think they'll be all right. Um yeah. you know, it's not like their whole season was depending on Cam Kelly or something like that.
0: Right. Uh before we get to the uh to the basketball portion of the program, I want to thank my perfect franchise for their support of the show. And of the website, Uh, as I've been trying to tell you folks for a long time, uh, Andy and his people know what they're doing. If you're somebody who uh, wants a different start, wants to do something new, wants to do something different, um, you know, you want to get involved in in sort of running your own show, you want to be done, you know, listening to your boss or whatever, whatever, feel free to give Andy a shout and uh, he will connect you with, uh, I mean, the guy works with a plethora of different businesses. So give him a look, myperfectfranchise.net. All right, on the uh, hoops front, I mean the kind of the theme of this episode is like the haves and have-nots, right? There's the good, and then there's the like, you know, the the unexpected uh, departure, so to speak, right? Because on the basketball side, they got they they got two of the top transfers, I think, on the board uh, for them um, since we last recorded. Although, you know, if you listen back to that episode, it's pretty clear we um, we're sort of waiting for (laughs) for one to pop, and then the same thing uh, again today. Um, two really quality additions, Dave, and then obviously one you know real potential negative in the departure of of Kyle Getter on the on the bench. Um, let's start with let's start with the the, the positives. Um, if you had to pick one between the two transfers they picked up, who who are you more excited about?
1: Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> oh, you like
0: that, didn't you? I? I really did, man. I I I have been cooking on that one for like forty five um, minutes. I was like, when I get to basketball, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him on the spot. Um. For, yeah, uh, Ferb. I mean, do you want to go I, first? You have a you have a favorite <laughs> between the two?
2: Yeah, I'll go first. I'll take the roadie less traveled. Um, wow, sorry.
0: Wow, if I could make that the, the podcast episode, I would. But I don't want to do that. But that's okay. impressive work by you.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, sorry to everybody that doesn't like puns. Um, but yeah, I like uh, for one, you have him for three years potentially, so I think that makes it a game changer in a sense. But I like both players, but. Um, I think if you have a guard that can score 17 points a game at the D1 level, regardless of league as a freshman, that's a really encouraging sign. Um, I've seen people kind of compare him to, you know, Ty Jerome, Joe Harris. I think there's app comparisons, especially Ty, I think, because he can handle the ball. He's a big guard. He can kind of get to his spots and get shots up. He can get to the rim, good passer. I think his shooting percentage is, you know i'm hopeful that his shooting percentages are a little bit lower than his ability just because if you look at like how he shot throughout the season he got much better as the season went on and you know when you watch the tape it it doesn't look like a guy that struggles to shoot the basketball so um encouraged i mean i i like both guys um but i think ultimately i think uh guards ultimately are the the players that you know kind of drive the Drive the car and, you know, win you a lot of games, get you deep into March. Um, you have to have, I think one of the issues that this team has had is, um, you know, not, maybe not so much this past season, but in like the year before, like you can't have like your one and your two just like not generating points. Right. Um, yeah. Or like not, not shooting the ball well or whatever. Like it's, you're just, you're not at the college level able to make up for that. Like, nobody, if you find examples of teams that are really, really good without like good ones and twos, like, you're those are few and far between. Um, and so I think like when you get guys like that, especially Rody, because he can play multiple positions too. So I I think that's great. I mean, minor, like, you know, obviously that's a great addition too. Both of those guys are really prolific scorers, um, at their previous stops. So excited to see how that looks.
0: I feel like on some level, Dave, if you think about, you know, if you go back before you know, before we really got into the nuts and bolts of like who the, the targets were and who, you know, they were going after and where visits were getting lined up and all the fun stuff. Like the things we talked about were, you know, length on the on a guard, right? Some scoring, some 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 playmaking, that kind of thing. And then defensively, you know, more athleticism, some size, some physicality. And I feel like in both of these editions, they've done a really nice job of, of speaking to a variety of different needs at once. And to ferber's point just a minute ago like you know it just feels like a lot of what has been ailing uva in recent years you know um and overall like if you think about like sort of the good teams from the other from the from the tony teams that weren't necessarily didn't have as high a ceiling guys like this are the type of players who would help them get back to where they need to be um have you come up with an answer yet to the question of which one you'd rather have
1: well, I have a minor issue with the wow. question and oh Justin's answer. Mm. Um, it, I don't okay, think Ferber's, Virginia's Ferber's a good, pun but, was much better, for the record. Yeah, well, I had two hours to think of it. Um, now, the uh, the the issue I think with the question is I don't think Virginia is a great team if they get one or the other. Yeah, you know, they need both to kind of to build a good team. But um, okay, pause. How I, is that a problem with the question? Because the question didn't have anything. Because to do. I want Virginia to win all their games, and I okay. can, they can't win if they. But nobody asks
0: you. Nobody asked you how can Virginia be great individually?
1: Right? These guys suck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Individ- nobody asked you about Virginia. Together. I asked you which guy Avengers, you were more excited I about. Them together. The, for the record, more excited. Was cop, like, no, this is a cop out I'm answer, and you and you waited. About. You waited five extra minutes to cop out again. That's what happened.
1: No, just, you just didn't like me calling out your question because virginia was good. fine thank you very much yeah, we, we can't i mean I, look we need justin's 100 right you need guards right but right. uh you, you need you need a big and virginia doesn't have a whole lot so i'm That's gonna have fair. to lean to minor it, because i think we could you know between imac and harris and you know there's always a possibility beekman comes back there's yeah. not a whole lot of depth at the uh at the big man spot so
0: yeah
1: but i, I mean you you kind of hit it i mean justin's right Rody, i think is the prototypical guard we were kind of looking for. You know if, um plays one to three and can defend and I think he's a better shoe than his numbers showed. But um minor what's the one thing we always ask for Brad like give me a big springy big who doesn't demand the ball all the time. <laughs> now he scored a lot of points, right? Yeah, but yeah uh, that's right. But most but of the he's not coming were, to he's like, not coming to Virginia to score 20 points a game, right? I no. mean like nobody and most is. <laughs> of the points he scored at Merrimack were cleaning up stuff. And that's yeah, and i find he's a good that. screener. He can he can He's got good feet, so you can even though he doesn't have seven foot height, you know he he's six nine, a thick six nine who can move. So you're talking about post doubles. Um, give me Dunn in that guy or Buchanan in that guy, and whatever other big we might get or not get. Um, you know he's he's fleet of foot, so. Yeah. And I don't think he's got is going to pout if you don't run the offense So he's yeah. going to set hard screens and he's going to roll to the rim and with a passer like Rodie. Um, that yeah, could it's, it's
0: funny how the way That the two of them Their games really do Sort of um, Fit well I think the thing for me Kind of going back to both Some some points Both of you guys made Like uh, I feel like I have been really frustrated In And I mean There was this one podcast We had And I remember saying Something like um, I mean other teams Make layups Like Just having some guys Who could Can clean some stuff up In and of itself Would be nice Having a guy with some size at six six who can play multiple guard positions, like getting bigger at guard, is a absolute imperative for UVA. Like that, that was a Tony Bennett staple at at, at certain points of his tenure, right? And I feel like when when UVA has that size, um, you know, the the Cavaliers are a much more formidable team. And I don't just mean that simply because the size exists. I think it's usually because it comes with a skill set. That meshes well with what Tony wants to do, and it you know if we want to break it down in its most you know basic level, a lot of the offensive issues kind of to what Ferber said is like when you can't create at the one and two, you know you're gonna probably gonna struggle unless you've got like you know Zach Eady in the middle right that can just absolutely just overpower people and you can just pump the ball in there and everybody's like you know the, the 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 gravitational pull is so so strong that you're gonna get so much space for everybody else like. These two kids, I think are like I said, I think their skill sets work really well in terms of what UVA can do. I, I like I like both additions um, f- not just for this year's team, but for the bigger picture um, simply because you know bridging some gaps and um, you know Rody essentially you know with his with the years of eligibility he's got left. I mean he really that d- sort of does change your trajectory a little bit. Um, now granted, I mean, look, the transfer portal, you're going to continue to recruit it year after year. The days of like kind of being set for a class or two are just over, right? Like every, every, every year is essentially a reset of sorts. It's just a question of how much of a reset, um, are you, you know, how many, how many, how many cards are still in your hand? Um, you know, once you draw, right. Sometimes you're going to have most of them and sometimes you might not have many at all. Um, and so if you're going to pull pieces like this, I think it's in, you know they're in a really good spot. I do want to touch real quickly on the getter thing because I do think that's a, sub, a substantial development. Um, I, I think it's odd that Notre Dame hasn't announced it yet, and I'm not really sure why that's the case. Um, He's got to do all of
2: his HR trainings
0: first. I, I mean, maybe that is it, but that's just, it's just very strange because it took days before the thing.
1: I mean, the thing was percolating well, around
0: – UVA, it took days the before the thing is, even The
1: dudes are starving up there. Give he
2: might day. actually be working, too, though. But, like, they – maybe – I haven't been checking their website. But sometimes they just no, announce the there. entire staff at one time, though. No,
0: it's it's just Shrewsbury, and then it's the old – as far as I can tell. It's Anthony. Exactly. Salomon, That's what else. I'm
2: saying. They might do, like, a Shrewsbury announces staff and then announce all of them. Well, it's like about once to be – I mean, done. look, we're
0: recording this on Tuesday night. It's about to be Wednesday, and there's a live period this weekend. I mean, I'm pretty sure you want the guy in green by weekend, you know. Oh, because, he's already like, recruiting uh, for them. Yeah, oh, I like for. Yeah. oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know. That's what's weird about it, right? It's like you, you obviously want him on the road. So why haven't they said that they hired the guy? Like it's just a very, I don't know. It's just a very strange sort of situation. Now, in terms of UVA's piece of this, look, he's a he's a he's a tough loss. I don't think there's any way around that. Um you know, talking to various folks and, you know, my own experience. I mean, look, the guy, he he not only understands the game, he's extremely relatable. I think he's a very solid recruiter. I think he's a very solid X as an O guy. And when you can have both of those things in one coach, it's, it's, that's, I'm not saying that that's necessarily like um, the exception or anything, but it's more rare than you think. A lot of times in these situations, you've got guys who are one or the other, pr- predominantly one or the other, right? Uh, certainly there are a lot of different coaches out there who are a little bit of both. Um I think the thing about Kyle is that he's very strong on both fronts. Um, you know, he's a he's a guy who understands relationships, who is very good at building them. He's also a guy who understands sort of the Xs and Os. If you just watch UVA play, you know, you're going to see him, you know, you would see him constantly sort of talking to Tony, you know, calling out stuff. I mean, he that, you know, he was very uh, much a part of what UVA did. So it's a tough loss. Um that's not to say that you know, it's it's a um it's gonna rattle the foundation or anything like that. I mean I think that you know, there's a lot of there's a lot more into the 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 um the fabric of the program, obviously, than just one assistant. Um, but it is very strange to have a guy uh, I mean look, it's okay you know, it's 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 at this point old hat for UVA to have an assistant who goes on to be a head coach, right? And it's old hat for UVA to have a guy who is, you know, like Jason Williford, saw it after You know, among some, you know, different schools for for head coaching opportunities and guys, you know, somebody who's going to be in those conversations. It's not necessarily a lateral move because he's expected to be the associate head coach. Notre Dame should probably, you know, announce that. Um, But still, it's it's just very odd to me to have a guy leave in conference um, to go, you know, be an assistant coach at another ACC school. Um, And so that piece of it, I think, just makes the whole thing, uh, uh, just the, uh, the awkwardness of it. Um, you know, and I mean, look, I I can promise you this kid was this guy's not un, he was not like he's not like he was unhappy or anything. Certainly, the opportunity to go be an associate head coach, if you want to be a head coach, is probably a good move. And this is kind of one of those things that happens in um, in coaching. But anyway, Dave Ferber give me some reactions to you know at some point UV <laughs> uh, officially um, losing Kyle Getter as an assistant coach.
1: I don't think you come up with any positives about it, right? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, great. An assistant coach replace with a roster we had to kind of rebuild. Um, yeah, I think it's just it, – it's a little surprising to me because, like you said, I mean, I know it's an upgrade in title, right, and probably salary. But I feel like if Tony had really wanted to keep him, the salary part wouldn't have been an issue because, you know, Tony, most of Tony's salary is endowed to the – I think it's the frayland one, right? Yeah. So if you wanted a little more money for his staff you – know, 500,000 Yeah I don't 7, think I don't think more. it was money I, I, I think, don't it, was think definitely, it would have been an issue Yeah I think so it's, it's a title, position right? deal.
0: Yeah, Well it's not just I mean the yeah. Title yes But I mean I think for If you want to be a head coach I think you've got to be able To be an associate head coach Especially if you're somebody Who is relatively young In the game um, You know If he wants to ha- make that jump I think he's yeah. got to go and, and show that he can You know Because there's a lot more responsibility That goes with being The associate head coach places And I understand his connection With Micah um, So I get all that um yeah, yeah. but you know it's just it's just odd. What do you think, Ferber?
2: Yeah, I mean, like Dave said, there's not really a way to spin it as like a positive. I yeah, think oh, it's just sure. part it's part of the business, right? I mean, this is what happens. I think also I said this in our text thread, but like um, and this isn't a knock on Tony or anything, but I think if you're an assistant coach that coaches with Tony, like I think people know that what Tony does is very unique and it's valued other right. places, but I think it's also good to be like, Hey, I was here and I was also at Notre Dame, like where we did something completely different and I did well there too. Um, and he seems like a guy that's kind of like cut his, I mean, he was at Radford, he was at VCU, he was at Liberty, like he's he's been around, like. I think his next job, assuming things go well for Notre Dame, and I think that they will for Shrewsbury, like, I think his next job is a head coaching job, like, at a at a low major, mid-major, right? I mean, that's how guys progress, and um, I, I don't know that the money part, I, I think, you know, he might be getting a substantial raise, like, I mean, it, it's still a person with a job, right? Like, the money matters, Yeah. Um, yeah. and like, I don't know what UVA situation is, but ultimately i mean i think it's okay like you know it's you know you know what uh teams don't have coaches leaving for other jobs coaches there are teams that are, teams good, that are bad like terrible right? right like i mean like this is a this is teams the problem this all is the what coaches comes, leaving for other jobs <laughs> yeah. this is what comes with success right, right.
0: that's fair like, that's a good point i mean
2: i mean not always like going to be assistants elsewhere but i mean if kyle getter wanted to be the head coach at like high point or something he probably
1: could have gotten it like you know like but of, that'll come right like yeah. um he and didn't, I, he didn't start as an assistant here right didn't he get he had another role didn't he he was an assistant he at radford was on, and then he, he went was to the, liberty was like a, as an assistant and then right. here is
2: like uh he was I a want staffer to say, he wasn't an. he got promoted when, when soderberg went correct. down to like an
1: off yeah correct camp. so, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. they moved him up and so he's soderberg got yeah. back yeah
0: so the mm-hmm. whole thing you know i mean it makes sense um you know, it, look. Well, now wasn't he if, an assistant when in 2019? Like when after Sanchez left, he no, he was not. He was not an assistant until I, I think I, He was, was part of the staff, but he was not an assistant. He was not. He was not a, a full time. You know, the full time assistant coach. He was just one of the members of the staff. Yeah, but I,
2: I think also Soderberg
1: switched. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I also trust Tony to replace him. Like, I'm not worried about it. You know what yeah, I mean? But, like, I think he found Getter. He hired him. He promoted him. Like, if he wants to promote from within again. I trust him. If he wants to go outside and get somebody else, I trust that too. Like, you know, I, he doesn't, he hasn't had a lot of issues where I'm like, man, why does he got this guy on the staff? Like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And also yeah. like, I mean, as much as a guy like, um, and I, I think this is somewhat true in a lot of places, but definitely true here. If you come to Virginia, no offense to the assistant coaches. You ain't coming for Kyle getter. You're coming for Tony. <laughs> Tony is the guy, right? right. Like regga- he might not lead your recruitment, but you're coming to play for him because his style and his brand is so different. Like, fair. You have to be bought into that. So I don't think it's like, well, how are they going to get players now? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I think they've... I've seen people say that, and like they got good players before Kyle Getter. Before, no, that's season. true. He'll get good players after he leaves, and and that doesn't. It's not to impugn his ability, but you know, it's they'll be fine. Like it's. it's I mean, it might just... be good
1: if you if you're a Virginia fan. The the positive, if you want, is you know if you're a virginia fan you're afraid of eventually tony bennett leaving right this is another chance for tony to rebuild a staff and work with someone new maybe have a you know different experience and have a little more fun but i think as a as a as that a is, fan who wants virginia to win like it, it and with the changing environment it's going to be interesting. like i think i'll learn a little bit about what where tony thinks basketball is going right based on who he goes to get like I mean, I would, maybe they go for a lesser known assistant so they free up some money to go hire like a gm um, like some of the other schools are doing. So, I mean, some big things could happen. This is based purely on my speculation, no insight, because I don't get much of that. Um, but I mean I think we could learn a lot about Tony's views of the future of basketball uh, through this move, which maybe I'm overstating it. It's just an yeah. assistant job, but
0: I would know, I would think a, okay, first I want to respond for, <laughs> for <laughs> It was like you, they'll get good players after. It's just really funny the uh, the the way you 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 constructed that. I just want to stay real clearly. I'm not saying they weren't ever. No, yeah, ever yeah, I, none of, of us were saying that. But I, 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 I mean, think, I, though, that I, I see that, people like wringing their
2: hands a little bit about it. And I get it. I don't, like I said, as you can't skew it as a positive. But people said the same thing when like Ron Sanchez left. It's like how are they going to replace him? And it's like, well, they won the national championship. That's how. <laughs> like you know, like I mean, that doesn't mean he can't coach. But it's like assistants come and go like that's okay. how well it to works.
0: to 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 make that to to make that point though they won the national championship with kids that ron sanchez was involved with and how do they do mm-hmm. after that national championship season how that's was the recruiting true. how was the recruiting once sanchez was gone right so i think yeah, I, so I, your you point is still COVID. well taken um but uh, no I, I know there's a lot more involved and i'm not like you know, connecting and also a lot players, of the
2: but... recruiting that was that drove the roster down happened while he was here. Like, uh, no, talked no, about I'm, that.
0: I'm not I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily arguing the, the, I'm just the good
2: recruit. I... The bad recruiting was before they won the national championship after right. the 2016. Class it was the it
0: was the right it was when he the, was there. <laughs> well, it was no. It was the it was the 2019 into 2020 into 2018. See, I mean, excuse me, 2018 into 2019. I mean, that was really that mm-hmm. last year um you know but here look i'm not i mean i'm not really actually making that argument i'm just saying that like yeah i hear what you're saying but at the same token like he left assistance assistance definitely matter um i think i do but, but the point i'm trying to make here is that at uva they actually matter more for recruiting than some places because at uva tony's philosophy is the assistant coaches go and find the players like it's not that this is not always the way it is for other schools. Some schools do it more where the head coach is more involved. I can promise you, John Shire is much more involved from soup to nuts in recruitments than Tony what <laughs> his,
2: is, his is a little bit more straightforward too. Yeah, just like right. oh, the who top top five? are the top five players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: but I'm just but like I just think that there are some coaches who are much more involved in actually finding the player at UVA. Like I think. The assistant's main job is to find players, start to recruit them, build those relationships, and then that's the part where you know Tony evaluates, Tony decides how they're and gonna he brings be, it whatever. home, yeah, and then he and then he's the one who comes in. Now there are definitely recruitments where he picks up, and there are certainly recruitments where he gets involved early. Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, right? There, I'm not saying that there aren't, but like when you're when when you're when your program is structured in this way, the assistants actually do matter a lot. Right. Because they are the ones who are making those contacts with players. They're the ones who are building those early relationships well before Tony really gets involved. You're exactly right, Ferber, that like guys don't come to to UVA because of, you know, some assistant coach, but guys do come to UVA because of relationships they built. And those coaches are the ones who built those relationships initially. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, it's like I don't want to say that that is the end all be all, but I also don't want to like gloss over it. It's right. It's somewhere in the middle um the the bottom line for this to me at least is like you know <laughs> you know virginia will will get somebody who will come in and fill that job and somebody i think you know today's point like it could it could actually be even though it might sound kind of funny on the surface like a situation where tony can sort of do something different and what i just explained like in terms of the way the assistants sort of do what they do and the way the thing is sort of structured that could change here right they could do something different um and maybe you know kind of carry on with some of the the you know because they have actually been recruiting at, a, at a, a higher level and i do think that that part is probably what is causing some of the heartburn from fa- you know folks who are worried that they might lose that momentum because it has felt like they've been in a really good spot um i i smart it's my smart money on this dollar door donut there is some former assistant excuse me former head coach out there who would love to get back in the game and work with tony bennett who is probably going to end up being the next assistant coach on staff? I just, I don't know who that guy is. I just, that's the profile I think you're probably looking at. Could they, that's could weird because promote... you
1: told Justin and I before the podcast, remember? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> just, mess, just messing um, with the
0: world. <laughs> don't you, don't you do that to me, Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> now, could they also look at Johnny Carpenter and say, hey, Johnny, you're the next assistant coach? Absolutely. And you know what? That dude would absolutely crush it. That dude uh, is a rising star in that profession, and I have no doubt he's going to kill it. And if that's the route they go, folks, you better – I think you're going to be really excited about the the kids that that kid could really bring into uh, the program if he was a full-time assistant coach. I'm sure he'll be on the road this weekend. Um, but, I, I, look, I, the bottom line is, is that, like, for, to me, Getter's a really good – recruiter a really good coach and it's tough to lose him especially to a conference team and anybody who is concerned and says oh man that really sucks I get it it's not the end-all be-all and it's certainly not you know something to just like barely like wait you know uh, bat an eye at like it's somewhere in the middle and you know like we said there's a lot that goes into who who Tony hires for this next for, to, to fill that position and what does that mean for like the um, the overall sort of expectations of how things work with the assistants and with the head coach.
2: Um, Yeah. I would just say like Tony's MO for years has been, and and this is not a negative. He, he goes with guys he trusts. That's right. Um, And I think that's what you're going to see here. I think he's either going to promote from within or it'll be somebody that he knows from somewhere else. Um, And I mean, like even they got, look at who he's hired since he's been here. Like Brad Soderbergh, like there's like, I don't even need to go through all the connections, but I'm pretty sure they were on the same staff at Wisconsin and so on. Um, Richie McKay coached or had Kyle Getter on his staff before he came here. So there you go. Um, and so on and so on. Um, so, you know, I, I think you'll see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, I don't think that's a
1: negative either. Right. Like, I mean,
2: no, I mean, like, I think it's good. I mean, like, especially with what Tony does, it's like, look, like, This is what we're going to do. It's not super complicated. We're not going to reinvent
1: ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if I had one, like, one thing to say to Virginia fans who maybe aren't tied into, like, the basketball world outside of being a Virginia fan, is it, like, comments like, oh, go get a guy who can really recruit. The guys who can really recruit, like, elite level, probably not someone you want in a Virginia uniform, you know, represent Virginia like there's a lot of shade in basketball I'm not throwing it on everyone but there's a reason there's some players Tony Bennett doesn't touch right and I think the reason you know given that and given the climate we're in now like I don't expect Tony to go get someone he's never coached with because you don't want that guy out you know trying to bring you guys and not me and trying to figure out how they get there I get it like it's a weird world so um, I mean if I I mean I think we'd all agree if you had to bet money we'd put it on Johnny right I mean He's yeah, if I had to, forever.
0: I, I still think there's a chance my my former head coach thing could really work out. Just yeah, yeah. I, I but it's going to be
1: someone Tony knows and trusts. Yeah, right?
0: it's going to be somebody that he that has that has either either worked with him somewhere along the way, or there's some connection, or somebody who you know has like been involved, you know, behind the scenes or something. But yeah, no, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. But
2: even and but also remember, arguing, like when they hired Kyle Getter, none of us were talking about that as like, oh, man, yeah, exactly. what a
1: game! Changer. We didn't have a podcast like, about Getter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And yeah. I, well, mean, I will say I do, say that I do think the, time... the recruiting is upticked with Getter, but um, maybe this is a hot take. But the transfer portal may help Virginia in high school recruiting, because think about it pre you know pre transfer portal. You come to Virginia, Tony Tony uh, Bennett could say, "Hey, let's redshirt." <clears throat> Not that that happened recently, and then you're stuck where you if if he said that, I either got to leave and sit out a year, or I'm stuck there for a year. I think maybe guys are willing to give, you know, to go in and see if they can earn a spot and then leave Man, a little more a where they were five years Dave. ago. Yeah. I mean, they, it makes sense, right? In, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't I think it makes Or sense you go the other way, training. and you're like, I'll go elsewhere. And then, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, back. Dave, I think
0: that it's one of those things that makes sense from from those of us who think logic applies to these situations. Yeah, I, I mean, it might you, not. But if, if I you do look think, at it from like, the standpoint of, like, you know, teenagers, I don't think most teenagers. I'm betting against myself. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, well, you know what? Worst case scenario, well, if I, you know, well, whatever I was transferring, you No, know, it's
1: kind of what we talked about before. Like, if you know you're going to Virginia, and Tony's idea is probably going to redshirt you. Back then it meant okay, I'm gonna redshirt for a year. Yeah. Then I'm gonna have to transfer and lose a year, right? Yeah. So it's so, like yeah, I'm in think for the long some haul. I'm doing that. Yeah. I, but I, if anything, you need a staff now yeah. that can like just cultivate what you have to keep them happy and and help identify talent that fits in what you got. Fair. So um it's just a different I, I don't game.
0: agree with it. I, I see your I see your logic. I the difference I would say is that I just don't think even the kids who think they're gonna redshirt I don't think they go in these situations ever expecting that it's not going to work out. I think every single one of these kids goes into every, every one of these situations, I would say almost unilaterally thinking that like, not only even if the, even if they think they got a red shirt that they, they went in thinking like, yep. And then I'm going to ball out. Like, that's just the mindset of all of these kids. Yeah. I don't think probably. any of them give any consideration whatsoever to like, well, what if it doesn't work out? They worry about that down the road when it doesn't work out. Um, and that's why you know these these things about guys transferring it pops up when it pops up because that's when they started thinking about it, um, and I think that's just it's just the reality. But I do I actually do think though that your point is is correct, but just from a different angle. I do think that the transfer portal piece of things could help UVA. From um, In terms of traditional recruiting Because a lot of schools are not going to put as much Emphasis on that and UVA has Continually done you know gotten in Early on guys and somehow And sometimes lost them late because other Schools were, were kind of coming in swooping In I don't think that's going to happen as much I think they're going to swoop in on transfer Recruitments not necessarily high school recruitment So I think your point is that Where you get to is the right place I think Just the, the way you get there is a little bit different I think UVA's um, emphasis on finding guys early you know that could certainly be a benefit for them as they're trying to you know um you know try to traverse the transfer portal as well i just think that like it's very possible that other schools that would have tried to swoop in late um might not be able to do that now you know but we'll we'll um, find out last question before we wrap up um so with minor in roadie in and I think we, you know, Rody was a guy that like, once he hit the portal, all three of us were like, yep, sign me up. Um, is, what's the is next Is that step? what happened? I mean, it wasn't <laughs> well, a,
1: well, it? A, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what happened. There. Yeah, there yeah, was we'll, someone else out we'll there. Yeah, There was someone else out
0: there. We'll just say that's what happened. Yeah.
2: I'm No, I'll wait, just pause. Say, I'll if, just say, I'll just say, CapsCorner.com, you
1: heard it here first. First place, <laughs> third, his name was mentioned. <laughs> no, just saying. Th- we th- we were is that not Murray. what happened?
0: I thought we were all on him. I thought we were all like, we were
1: comparing him to someone. Well, you guys, I mean, I won't say I wasn't on him, but we were comparing him to someone else. And yeah. um, my quick, my thirty-second YouTube video is like, oh, may, maybe this guy instead of this guy. But mm-hmm. um, that other guy parted the Red Sea in Seattle. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. The more I've watched Rudy, yeah, oh, sign me up. But yeah, I go mean, ahead. Sorry. Okay. I
2: mean, the first thing I did was I looked at. I was like, all right, this is going to burn
1: didn't me if you did if I didn't do it myself. So I did jump. No, on. no, I was just joking.
2: <laughs> but I mean, like honestly, it's hard when you look at all these guys, like at the same time it's like they're it's like all right well I'm comparing this guy to this other guy and it's like would I take this guy and this guy at the same time like I don't know um yeah. and rody like the thing that kind of stood out to me was well for one he's from Wisconsin so I was like just set his locker up he's from Wisconsin mm-hmm. um and then also <laughs> like I looked at him and I was like all right this guy was the his league's freshman of the year you know so that's something and he averaged 17 points a game so like he's just a raw scorer right and I think that that's going to translate. So I mean, that's kind of why I like them, really. But go ahead, Brad. I'm sorry with your question.
0: No, no, no. You're you're good. I was just was going to say, like, I mean, look. I, what else did they need? I didn't realize Dave actually wasn't on him at first. I thought. I mean, I remember. He was, he was out two o'clock on a Wednesday
1: or something.
2: Yeah, he was but, like, yeah. I don't know, and then he was. That's quickly true. In. Yeah,
0: that's right. And then hours later, he's like, Wait a minute. Yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> okay. And well, most of us, most of us were pretty on him, and then Dave came to, uh, came to the promised land pretty quickly. All right. All right. Now that we know what they've got in these two pieces, what's next? What do you want next? What's what's on the shopping list?
2: You got a seven foot four guy out there that can protect the rim somewhere. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what they, I don't under. like I'm, I'm so not saying it's going to be. Samuel. a. am di- not going to. I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster or anything, but like, I don't see the plan right now at the rim, like protecting the rim, like because like, I mean, we can sit here and say like, oh, Blake Buchanan. And it's like, but we talked about this in our text right. Like, I think
1: that's minor, what? man.
2: He's six. I do. Um,
1: so was uh, a lot of people who protected rims for us. He, uh, you know, Akil wasn't six ten, right? Like you can protect the rim at six eight. Um, Ryan Dunn, you know, I think you can, you can kind of t- team up and do it. But yeah, I mean, I get where you're going. I'm just playing the counterpoint here. But I do think I mean, the more I watch Minor, the more I think he's a lot more athletic than I thought initially. Um, and the more, like, deep, like, outside of the scout, you know, the the transfer portal tapes and all that stuff, if you can find some Merrimack stuff, um, yeah. Like, that boy, he's got a lot more hops than you would lead to believe looking at his body. So I think he can protect the rim, especially if you've got him on a court with a guy like Ryan Dunn. Now, the situation becomes, what if you come up against a team that's got, you know, like a Filipowski where he pulls him out from the rim? Um, who's your other big guy? Mm-hmm. Buchanan yeah. can do that to some extent, but probably not as a first year. So, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how you play minor with a traditional – like, assume is going to play quite a bit. Dunn's going to play quite a bit. This is where I'm getting with what you're saying, because that was a bit of my first response, right? Um, I don't know how you put them against let, – let's try to think of another bit. Like a Jack Salt type, you know, who's not big rim protector. But Jack Salt, Caden Shredder, someone who needs to be near the rim. I don't know how you can play them with minor or with the iteration of done we saw last year, right? I mean, I think it's it's going to be difficult. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Virginia not go after another big. Although I do think they need to, yeah, just because there are foul, you know, there's foul trouble. I don't think I think minor's your rim protector, but you need another one.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's another thing too is just pure depth. Like, you know, Buchanan. Like, we'll see. Like, I mean, I I, I like him but you know as we discussed like you know th- there aren't a lot of examples of tony playing young bigs a lot or at all <laughs> um and if you don't believe me go back and look um because it's been a while so I, I, we'll see i mean i think but i think that's kind of my point too is like you know if you're if it's just minor like okay what happens when he gets his second foul at the under 16 like who, who's playing because like literally are you going to put done at the five like i mean i would bet okay like i mean i guess like he's a guard like basically i mean like he's a big guard um that plays the four like dre um but like you know that's kind of i feel like that you're you're teetering there (laughs) like yeah and then if you play against big teams like you know we'll see i mean i think um but we saw UVA run the small lineup last year, and at times it was a layup line for the other team. Um, not always, but it definitely happened. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I think Miner's a better defensive player, obviously, than Vanderplas, completely different player. Right. Um, but I yeah. would like to see them add a guy that can come in and do at least like what you were getting from your
1: bigs last year when you played them. You right. Know? <laughs>
0: That's fair. That's fair,
1: Tony. Uh, you said you said Tony doesn't play his young bigs. Tony doesn't play his bigs. Period.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean,
1: I think he, he didn't play his old bigs last year. I mean, Jack Saul didn't play a whole lot. I mean, he pretty much he played Dre at the four and you know at the four more, and he played Jack at the five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mike Toby. We've we've had that story. And the, the bigs we refer to are like Mamadi and Akil, who are Six more minor like than right. um, Salt. Like so. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find a guy who's willing to come in and not play a lot of minutes. Who's yeah. good enough to do what you need him to do in the pack line. Like, not we we need you to protect the rim, but we also need you to hedge the screen. Right? That that's a that's a special talent.
0: This goes back to my whole thing a few weeks ago. Remember where I was like, what they need to do is basically only recruit fives for offense that and recruit fours for defense. Because, all right, like, Hunter Dickinson, come on down. <laughs> That'll be it for tonight, folks.
2: Have a good. No, one. no, I just mean like
0: you know, <laughs> just if you're only if you're only focused on, and I think and I you know if I if I have a uh, a quibble, I think too often you know there have definitely been times where there were guys and and the idea of like oh could he do this or that and maybe maybe he checks off a few boxes but not all of them. I just think that like what they really could use is just um you know. Size and and athleticism above everything else, and whether it's offense or you know whether they go, um, you know offense heavy, def- whatever, whoever that player is, like they need they need guys who can contribute with length. I mean, and athleticism is I think is a, is a must. Um, but you know, well, you know, you guys have said several times, like you know, throughout this podcast, like we'll see, you know, we'll see with the football team in the fall, and we'll see, you know, where things go with with the transfer portal here in a few days, um. The fact that there's a – the NCAA really has to figure out what it wants to do because with the portal being where it is and to have a um, a live period, like, yeah, there will be a handful of kids who will, you know, be seen, picked up all – okay, great, but, like, this is the worst time for these types of events because there are going to be a lot of dudes playing for um, – I don't want to say empty uh, gyms, but I just think the coaches, their their attention is just not necessarily ready for the for what this live period Really could mean for them um, But anyway that's a conversation for another day I think that's a good place to put a pin in it I want to thank uh, everybody out there Who supports the show If you're somebody who found the podcast through the website Thanks f- for giving us a listen If you don't mind look us up on Apple Podcasts Spotify Overcast wherever it is That podcasts are sold If you have not given us a look at the website yet You can check us out at castcorner.com um, Yeah I mean this is This time of year who knows What kind of stuff will pop um, we, we there was a dude that played in the spring game on Saturday and left on the Tuesday. So, all kinds of fun stuff to no doubt read about and get very angry about on a message board, or you know, be excited about when UVA gets, you know, commitments from from guys that that obviously a lot of folks really wanted to get. Again, I want to thank MyPerfectFranchise.net for their support of the show and of the website. You can check them out, MyPerfectFranchise.net. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber who graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate all they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCore.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.